About That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help hashtag DGENs only cash big. Use promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use that promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to Bout That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Waddy Watnell, joined by my co-host and partner in picks, Mark Megatron Glass. Today is Monday, December 7th, and Mark, you are a little bit far away this time. This is the uh, first remote episode in the show's history. That's right. I I mean, are we going backwards? Is this a bad thing, or what do you think? No, I think uh, just being being far away. Sometimes we got to do what we got to do. That's Thankfully, right. we've got uh, nice bosses that were able to hook us up with a <laughs> microphone. Did I describe this microphone that was sent to sent to me recently? Yeah, you need to. I, I'm curious. What's what's the what's the mic like? So I uh, so we arranged with the big the big men upstairs, Ryan and Sean, <laughs> to uh, get a microphone so we could wouldn't lose any quality, even though we're recording remote from each other. Right. And I, I just like wasn't thinking about it. And one day during the middle of the day, Amazon sent me a pack, like a package came and I was like, I didn't order anything. Like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and, uh, I opened this box up. It's like this giant yellow box with like a picture of a bumblebee on it. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I, <laughs> I opened the package and, uh, it was the microphone was from this company. I don't even remember the name, so I can't give them a free branding, but it was, uh, <laughs> it's like a bumblebee themed microphone. So it's like, <laughs> it's all like black and yellow. It, it looks pretty sweet. In yeah. My room. It came with like this little, uh, this little bumblebee, uh, like action figure thing. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I was like, I couldn't, I was like, I thought it was funny. I, I couldn't tell, I don't know if this is like their actual like mic company that Ryan and Sean have a deal with or if they were just like, yo, let's get him this mic and it'll be fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, feet. maybe this is a prank. <laughs> maybe this is a but new, either new way, podcast. It looks prank. So that, that's my, uh, we, we, when we recorded from my bedroom la- a couple of weeks ago, you right. commented that I had no furniture. So this is now <laughs> a part of the decoration. I guess, I guess we, you know, going with the Transformers theme, they couldn't get you a Megatron mic. So the Bumblebee one had to do, uh, uh, how was your past week? How's everything going? <laughs> Maybe that's got to be my new nickname. Maybe now I'm, I'm now the Bumblebee. That's right. Uh, I had a good week this week. Good. Did you a uh, better week than the Chargers? I guess most people yeah, had a better week than the Chargers, getting blown out forty-five to nothing. No points put up against the Patriots. Did you get a chance to watch that one? Yeah, I, I mean, I watched the beginning of it, and then at a certain point, I was <laughs> yeah, like, "This yeah. is getting." Nobody ridiculous. watched. Nobody watched more than three quarters of that game. That's true. 
it's tough too because you're Tyrod Taylor, right? Like picturing that, and the only reason you lost your starting spot—not the only reason, but the the catalyst of that was mm-hmm. that you got stabbed by the team doctor, <laughs> and you were bleeding in your lungs. So then they bring this new kid in, high draft pick. He's doing well. They're getting cleaned out. Normally, if the score is like 35 to nothing and going into the fourth quarter and stuff, like they sit him down and put someone else in. Right. They're like, nah, Tyrod's, you're done. <laughs> Felt bad for him. Right. Um. In, I mean, we're going to dive into financial investing 101, of course, talk about our picks from last week. Uh, we covered the NFL uh, week 13. Um, before we do that, uh, I wanted to touch on a game that just finished up at the time of this recording. Uh, the Steelers were just upset losing their perfect record to the Washington football team. And what I wanted to do for this is, uh, for those of you who listened to our show last week, that may sound familiar. Uh, I want to play a soundbite from our guest last week, Matt Deemer. Uh, here it is. Um, the the football team going into Pittsburgh um, I think it's going to be about an 11 point spread when it's all said and done Um, having Pittsburgh play midweek this week I think the game got moved to Wednesday this morning so another day um, less of rest Washington's rested Alex Smith has looked good I might even say they break the undefeated record and Washington might wow. even win. I think it's going to come down to literally the last play. Um, I don't know if they'll, they'll get it done, but I think it's going to be it's going to be close. So okay. that's my wild one of the, wild one of the week. What a prediction. Name another that sports betting podcast that's given out uh, Washington to upset the Steelers. I mean, what are, what's your reaction to that one? Two reactions to that. One, I'm giving myself a pat on the back because on the main <laughs> show, I said that Washington football team was going to go to the playoffs. <laughs> and true. everyone laughed. And I laughed at myself and doubted myself too. But this team is cranking. And if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's really not that difficult. They play the Eagles on the last day. I want to say they play the Panthers who are struggling and a right. couple others. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think. and obviously the NFC East is terrible. The Giants are kind of rolling right now. But they've got, I think, the Seahawks, Cardinals, the Ravens coming up mm-hmm. um so it's really wide open for that prediction unbelievable to come yeah that was incredible on uh, on matt's part right there so you haven't listened to that that episode and definitely go back and you'll get some good tips on how yeah. you can make a little money doing that because yeah that was an incredible call and it literally came down to the last play of the game right and he also had the uh the lions as plus money underdogs as well which cashed um yeah just an overall a, a great guest and a, and a great week of nfl betting um we had uh, some uh, NBA NBA news to go over uh, away from basketball season, but Anthony Davis and LeBron uh, re-signed with the Lakers. Uh, the, the big trade that everyone was talking about last week, obviously uh, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook traded from Houston over to Washington in exchange for John Wall. Uh, is that a good trade in, in, in Mark's book? I think so because, A, I think Westbrook and Harden, that partnership, never really worked out the way it was supposed to. They were to. both like a little bit too alpha, right? When you have two two guys exactly. that love love themselves that much, it just it just doesn't seem to click as well, right? Especially in basketball. So, yeah. I think if a player wants out, you have to let him let him leave in a certain extent. I mean, basketball is structured in a way that like the teams have that the incumbent team has such significant ex- advantages to keep their players because they're able to pay them a lot more. But it's so interesting in the NBA how it's really come to a point where players have so much leverage because there's only five guys on the floor. So right. So like when the when the Lakers re-sign Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they're essentially buying an NBA title. That's like basically <laughs> what just happened. Right? Like that's yeah. all it was. The other guys don't matter that much. Um, so it's interesting. Like the Rockets, obviously not wanting to, even though they're even though they were willing to pay these max contracts specifically to James Harden, these guys are saying they want out. 
the teams don't really have a choice. And so I think it's like a very right. interesting part of basketball where the players have, have a ton of leverage where they can say, hey, I actually want to go play here. I don't want to play here. Mm-hmm. And the teams really have no choice but to adhere to it because of how much impact one single player has can on the have. floor. Totally. And and I'm a big John Wall fan. I think it's a, a cool trade. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in Houston. Um, just to touch on that uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis thing one more time. I saw one article that started talking about how uh, LeBron has a dream of uh, Bronny James uh, and himself playing, sharing an NBA floor one day, you know, getting to play with his son. Uh, so some people were saying, oh, this is a, a big step towards that because it was a two year contract for LeBron. And Bronny James, of course, right now a sophomore in high school. Uh, so two years from now, he'll be entering into the draft and some people were were excited of that prospect yeah if Bronny james is just a one and done i guess he could if you're <laughs> lebron james's kid like you'll, you'll get you'll get drafted no matter what like yeah. leandro ball just got signed and i mean right. lonzo ball is far from lebron james so i mean the family ties matter Right. Before we jump into Financial Investing 101, there's one more sports news update from the past week that we just simply have to touch on. And that's because we are a Marvin Vittori podcast. And Marvin Vittori, the UFC fighter, gets a big main event win over the number four ranked middleweight Jack Hermanson. Uh, This is great for you, right? Yeah, that puts me in a title bout. That's so, right. Uh, we say this every time we bring up Marvin Vittori, but <laughs> episode one, we spoke about UFC. So watch our first ever episode, and you'll hear about the time that Marvin Vittori kicked my ass in real life, <laughs> which is great. And that was that was like two years ago or two and a half years ago, yeah. and he wasn't a nobody. He was still a UFC fighter, but mm. he wasn't ranked by any means or anything like that. Um, and now he's yep. pushed his way up to title contention, so it's pretty cool to be tracking his progress. Everything, through, you, everything, uh, you, you, everything you touch turns to gold, Mark. That must be something to... You know, you have an interaction with a guy like that. Maybe you're part of the reason he's, he's climbing the ranks. Yeah, so if you want a title shot, meet me in Huntington Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you kick my ass and uh, give it some time, and you'll be fighting for the for a title in your division. That's right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in. It's time for Financial Investing 101. Financial Investing 101. Fucking thing sucks. How did your gambling go last week? Uh, it actually went well. So first and foremost, the Steelers versus Ravens. That I, t- I took the Steelers at minus 175 two weeks ago, but it got pushed right. uh, because of coronavirus and all that came with that. So the Steelers won that game. So that cashed me $55, which doesn't sound like much, but it did also mean that my parlay hit from oh. the uh, Jake Paul, Mike Tyson fight as well. <laughs> that cashed out at plus 309. So entering this week of betting, I was already up by like $366. Okay. Uh, and then the Patriots won, as we spoke about. The Rams won who I took, but the Texans lost in a close one. I still think the Colts are frauds. <laughs> uh, but that still netted me $77. Okay. Plus the parlay, plus the Steelers. So uh, that was uh, around like $400 winning of the week. Took me to a career total close to the 3,000 benchmark, which I'm going to be uh, pretty wow. stoked about. $2,885 up since we started the show. That's $2,885 that could have been in your pocket if you had listened. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you're right. The three grand benchmark is, is a big number. Um, hopefully, you'll have a chance to get there uh, by next week's episode. Uh, we're going to talk UFC 256, our main card picks here uh, coming up shortly. Uh, I did all right last week. Uh, and by all right, all right, I mean not very well. I lost $110. Um, <laughs> not, not all right. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins did uh, did get that cover over the Bengals. Um, the Raiders won but didn't cover against the Jets. Uh, that was one of those games that, 
you know, you wouldn't have expected to be so close. But it, it's the thing with the Raiders, man. Some weeks they're, they're some weeks they look amazing. Some weeks they don't. Um, that might be the last time I take take the Raiders uh, on a spread like that. Um, they didn't cover against the Jets, and then I was big on the Falcons uh, getting an upset against the Saints. That was kind of my uh, my play of the week, if you will. I was really excited to get them at plus money, but they ended up losing by four. Um, that brings me down to a career total of three hundred and nineteen dollars uh, compared to your two thousand eight hundred eighty-five. So, uh, just a little bit of a difference between the two of us. Um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'll make my way back up. Yeah, so you can uh, take everything Kyle says with a few tablespoons of salt. Why don't you? Because uh, the Falcons pick was totally fair. Matt, the professional better, he agreed with you on that one too. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins one hit, and then yeah, the Raiders, ridiculous. You saw the Jets fired their defensive coordinator today. Actually, after that. Uh, yep. People, I, I got a text from my buddy. He's like, because I was watch, I had to head out to go run an errand. And uh, the Raiders game was just ending, and I was like, I'm not going to stay and watch the end of it. Yeah. And he texts me. He goes, Raiders won on a Hail Mary. And <laughs> it was not quite a Hail Mary, no. but, I mean, they sent, they rushed eight guys uh, on the last play of the game, which in football, I mean, I'm not a football coach. I don't have a coaching background, but from what I've been told, that is a huge no-no. That's mm-hmm. absolutely unheard of. And a lot of people were saying that was part of them, like, tanking, saying, like, they put – Like, it was Henry intentional, out yeah. there. He's one of the fastest players in the entire NFL. Like, he ran, like, a 4.2-something in the combine yeah. this past year. And they put him – they put their corner on an island against a sp- guy who's, like, Tyreek Tyreek Hill, basically. It was – like, that it was became, a recipe for disaster. Right. It became a pretty easy catch at the end of the day. He had a, a pretty good amount of separation to make that game-winning game winning catch, which was a very important one for the Raiders in terms of the playoff picture. Anyway, uh, that was Financial Investing 101. This week, uh, it's the last uh, UFC pay-per-view card of the year. And since we started as a uh, UFC, covering a UFC event on our first ever show, uh, we figured, you know, let's close out let's close out 2020 the way about that action started 2020 uh, with UFC 256 main card picks. Let's jump into it, opening up the main card. We've got a heavyweight fight. Junior Dos Santos, a plus 330 underdog, takes on Cyril Gan, a minus 430 favorite. Uh, last time I remember you took uh, Junior Dos Santos as an underdog his last time around. Are you going to do it again? Uh, no, I am not. And it's sad to see a legend of the heavyweight division like Junior Dos Santos just progressively become more and more of an underdog as the yeah. weeks go by. Um, but it's fair. He's definitely not what he used to be five years ago. He's what he's lost three in a row to a couple of I mean a couple of really big name fighters is Rosenstrike and Ganu who is the other one Blades Curtis Blades mm-hmm. maybe uh I, yeah I don't see I, I like this is it how do you pronounce this guy's last name I, I think it's gone yeah I, I think it's yeah. gone I like or this game. guy relative <laughs> newcomer and uh, yeah. a lot of people are big on this guy I personally don't know that much about him I don't follow the French uh, MMA world <laughs> only only six professional fights he's six and0 undefeated but yes people are very high on him he could be uh you know the next big thing in the heavyweight division yeah so I'm gonna take him at minus 430 yeah don't think too much into this one I I agree with you I'm also gonna take him at minus 430 I mean it's a big price but uh like you mentioned, Junior Santos, th- this is the sport of mixed martial arts in a nutshell. Uh, the old legends uh, kind of get over the hill a little bit, and then they lose a few fights, and then they just get fed to uh, the new hungry newcomers who are looking to add a big name to their resume. And Junior Santos is going to be that big name added to the resume here. Uh, fade Junior Santos, take gone, minus 430. 
Second fight on the main card is a middleweight fight. Jacare Souza, a plus 125 underdog, takes on Kevin Holland, a minus 155 favorite. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Again, not going to claim to know much about either of these guys. One thing I you do would know like, about Kevin You would Holland. really like Kelvin Holland, actually. I think you'd be a big fan of his. Really? Okay, see, I am taking him for this fight. At a, I mean, when it's this close and something I don't really know about, I'm always extremely tempted to take the slight underdog. Yeah, right. Um, but I feel like mentally in this fight, one thing I do know is that uh, Kevin Holland was actually supposed to fight against uh who did marvin vittori just go against there what was you that go. hermanson name? jack hermanson yeah hermanson he was supposed to have that fight a couple weeks ago right hermanson ranked number four so that was like his chance to make a push for like the top seven totally. fighters in the division then he got coronavirus mm-hmm. and missed it and uh in a fight that he was stepping in for anyways so it was kind of like a long shot for him to be be there in the first place i feel like he's got way too much on the line to lose this fight right so vittori was actually supposed to fight souza here and holland was supposed to fight hermanson when holland tested positive they literally did the old switcheroo where vittori then got to fight the number four guy uh in hermanson and now holland steps in to take on souza um so it was a, it was an interesting one that literally they just swapped two guys in these two different matchups um but the reason i mentioned you might like holland um we remember that guy uh joaquin buckley who landed that crazy spinning uh viral knockout that happened uh, a few months ago kevin holland yep. actually schooled that guy in a fight and and actually got actually knocked him out um only like it was the guy the fight before Buckley landed that insane kick um Kevin Holland's just been one of the fighters of this year he's he's stayed active he's won every time and and he just he's fun he's a great interview he's he's charismatic he's the he's the real deal he's a total package super fun striker to watch just insane boxing quick hands I'm also on Kevin Holland to uh to continue his uh, his domination in 2020, minus 155 I think is a fair price. Souza was actually the first uh, the first fighter to test positive um, in the UFC, and that was at the at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, Souza is just a little bit older. Don't get me wrong; he's a beast, uh, but I just feel like it's a similar situation where Holland is the guy on the right on the rise, climbing up the ranks. As you mentioned, he was supposed to fight the number four guy in Hermanson. I think this is a spot where he gets swapped, and I actually kind of like this matchup better than his original matchup, which was against Hermanson. So I'll take him at minus 155, no problem. Any other thoughts on that one before we move on? Not a single one. Beautiful. Let's go into the third fight of the main card. It's lightweight. We got Renato Moicano, a plus 155 underdog. Another close one. He goes in against Rafael Fiziev, minus 145. What do you think? This one, I'm going to say... Again, so closely matched together. Yeah. I have Mo- uh, Moyakano, which means the Mohawk in his language, actually. <laughs> uh, that's his nickname, the Mohawk. So I'm, I'm taking him, uh, not because of his hairdo, but I think that this is actually <laughs> going to come down to a ground game. Both of these guys prefer wrestling. Anytime you see a fighter is from Kyrgyzstan, like Fiziev is, that probably means he's a wrestler. <laughs> um, if you didn't know, that's where Khabib Nurmagomedov is from. Mm. Uh, and they produce a ton of world-class wrestlers like if you look at the wrestling world champions every year it's like all kyrgyzstan i couldn't name <laughs> it on a map but those guys can fucking wrestle like with each other that's all they do up there is they just wrestle in the snow um but that being said oddly enough 
from what I read was that this Moicano guy is supposed to be the better wrestler out of the two. Yes, he so. he, he has the better he has the better grappler. Um, Fiziev has more wins by knockout. Moicano more wins by submission. Uh, I'd say it's yes, they can both grapple. You're right. Um, Fiziev can grapple as well. But I would I would I would classify this as a striker versus grappler matchup with Moicano being your grappler. Right. So that's the thing was that I was reading about uh, Fiziev was that he lands a lot of punches like like you said he's a he's more striker dominant mm-hmm. but he's also not afraid to take punches like defensively and in, in defending counter strikes and significant strikes is not his strong suit which you'd think a fighter would probably want to be good at blocking punches <laughs> you always so say that <laughs> i feel like i feel like i feel like renato is not gonna have a huge issue actually getting him to the ground game like okay. i don't think fiziev's I, I don't think taking damage is going to be to Fiziev's advantage against a more defensive wrestling-based fighter. Okay, I agree with that. I think uh, if as long as uh, Moicano can get the fight to the ground, I agree he has the advantage there. Um, both these guys go to decision a decent amount too. So if you want to look at uh, you know some prop props on this fight, um, the chances of it going to decision, I think are pretty good as well. Um, I'll take Moicano as well. Uh, we're both on the same side of this one. Moicano plus 115 seems like a really close fight. And when you, you know, when you have a grappler like this against a striker, I usually personally lean towards the grappler and especially with, uh, with a shot at plus money here. Moicano is the pick. All right. This takes us to the co-main event. The one that I'm honestly most excited to talk about. Our boy Tony Ferguson, a minus 165 favorite, takes on Charles Oliveira, who's a plus 135 underdog. Um... Does Tony bounce back from the beating he took from Justin Gaethje? He doesn't have a choice. Like he has, <laughs> he, he has to. It's similar to the Kevin Holland logic, but multiply that by a thousand because we're talking about Tony Ferguson here, and I know that we haven't seen him. Uh, he had the Gaethje fight, and before that, it had been a, a little bit of time, so we haven't seen him at his best in many months. So I think it's. I don't want to say people forget, but it's easy to not remember so well how good of a fighter Ferguson is yeah and I think that with the added pressure of like he can't lose this fight he literally had a he had a shot at the title you know lost it because uh Khabib wasn't able to fight so then Gaethje got it put him through a put him through the absolute ringer and then he got his title shot and got smoked Mm -hmm. then Khabib retires that division the belt's wide open now yep right so I think Ferguson if he loses this in in this lightweight division, it's so loaded. There's going to be way too many guys coming through for title shots if totally. he loses to Gaethje and now to Oliveira. Totally. He has no choice, but his, this is his... I'm saying this right now, that this is Tony Ferguson's career on the line at minus mm. 165. And I, I like Ferguson as a guy. He seems like a cool guy that I'd want to <laughs> hang out with. And I think he's, he's a guy that, even though he got smoked by Gaethje, he's a guy that does well under pressure. And I, I've always said that I felt like the Gaethje fight, the biggest problem was that there actually wasn't enough pressure on Ferguson to win that fight. And so I, I feel like with hmm. this one, his back is absolutely against the wall. His career is hanging by a thread right, right now. I'm gonna, and I think he's going to pull it off. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to add even more even more pressure onto why Tony Ferguson needs to win this fight. You're absolutely right. In terms of the title implications, if he ever wants another shot at the top, he needs to win this fight. But also, I'm going to draw a comparison here to the first fight we talked about today, uh, which is Junior Dos Santos. 
Junior Dos Santos ended up losing a fight kind of like this. And then if you ended up end up losing like that and you start dropping down to the top five area in, in a stacked division like the lightweight division, then you're going to end up getting fed to all the killers, like literally the guys who are coming up from the bottom. And that's just a spot you don't want to be in. You want to be able to hold that high ranking. Uh, you need to hold off a guy like Charles Oliveira. Oliveira is very good. He's got slick submissions. His boxing is getting better and better every single time he fights. It's going to be a great fight. Should be, I think, in my opinion, the fight of the night. But Tony Ferguson just such a such a great guy to put your money on to be honest with you just always fights with tons of heart even if you had him against Gaethje um you had to love that he he never gives up he never quits uh minus 165 for a guy like Tony Ferguson seems like a great price uh I'll take it as well Tony Ferguson yeah and 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 I think it's it like I was saying it's easy to forget how good Tony Ferguson was because of what's happened over the course of the past year Mm mm-hmm but there's like a very small group of fighters in the UFC where every time that they're on the card and you're betting money, you're going to want to put it on them. Right. Like there's there's a small group of guys that you just never want to bet against. And I think Tony Ferguson at one point not that long ago, not that many fights ago, was among them. I Even agree. in the Gaethje fight, like you'd be really hard pressed to find someone that actually bet against Tony Ferguson in that fight. Totally. Agree with you there. Um, and that'll take us to the main event. Uh, we got the little guys, the flyweight championship of the world. Davison, God of War, Figueredo against Brandon, the assassin baby Moreno. Uh, Figueredo, minus 310 favorite. He is the champion. The challenger is Moreno, a plus 250 underdog. What do you think? Shit, I mean, the flyweight division is so interesting because the guys are so tiny, <laughs> yet they're just, but it's like, it's so hard to judge. I think a a big thing I was reading was that uh, this Brandon Moreno guy. Yeah. So for the flyweight, he he stands at five seven, which for a flyweight is actually on the larger size. Mm-hmm. And what I was reading in his previous fights was that that was a huge advantage for him, is like having like like several inches of reach, um, and also like just a bit of height as well to uh just take on better angles. But with Figueredo, he's on the bigger side of this division. Again, this is flyweight. So when I say the bigger side, he's like five, five and a half. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I think that significant advantage is going to be taken away. Um, which normally Moreno, I think would be lying, relying on quite heavily when he's going for a title shot like this. Um, so when you factor in the fact that Figueredo is just, I mean, a monster, like he's, he's, yep. he's better in every way. And he takes away the biggest advantage that his challenger has. I think I have to put my money on him at minus three ten. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it's it's honestly incredible uh, that Figueroa can cut to one twenty five when you look at him. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, we're saying how big this guy is. Yeah, he's he doesn't he's not that big in uh, in comparison to a normal sized uh, human, but. Uh, when you c- consider that he cuts to 125 and, and how jacked and how much muscle he has, plus how much knockout power he has, which is super rare to have at this weight class, um, Figueredo, I'm, I've just been high on him for a while now, um, and he worked his way all the way up to the belt. I, he's just one of those guys. I don't see I don't see him losing the belt for a while. Brandon Moreno is a stud. Um, I, I think he's a clear number one, honestly, in the division. But I think there's just a decent gap between the number one contender and the champion here. I think uh, the price reflects that at minus 310. Also, uh, Figueredo, I mean, a, a former sushi chef and a former uh, salon uh, worker who, who used to style people's hair. Just an all-around, all-around guy. Yeah, how can you not vote for the sushi chef? <laughs> you know, speaking on Brandon Moreno, whose nickname is the Assassin Baby, yeah. which is 
very interesting like what do you think he's like sitting around the table with his boys and they're like what should the name be and they're like the assassin and they're like it's taken like, the assassin baby like, everyone like look they're like yeah let's do that yeah like, that's, that's the one yeah but I, I, it's good to see like a mexican fighter too like come totally. up the ranks because especially when you look at boxing mexico is like has such a big presence you'd think they would have more ufc fighters right and, I, yep dana white actually think, talked uh, about he talked about that a little bit about how um you know, it's it's relatively new to Mexico, and, and Brandon Moreno is kind of the face of Mexican mi- mixed martial arts. And the UFC is actually going to start investing in, in Mexico by putting up some, some performance institutes uh, throughout the country. Because as you mentioned, I mean, such a strong base in boxing. So they already they've already got a love for the uh, for the combat sport. Um, so they're just going to start developing uh, the youth there to get some new fighters coming out of that country. So that'll be that'll be cool to see moving forward. Yeah, it was fight, he's fighting out of Tijuana, which is like right, right across the border. You ever right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, mean, you're from San Diego. San Diego right guy, there. of course, right? It's literally like a 45 minute drive. Um, I, yeah, I you, snuck into Tijuana one time. You you snuck into Tijuana. I bribed my way. I well, bribed my way across easy the Mexican to, border. <laughs> How how'd you do that? Did you do it? Uh, did you take a a car? Did you uh, did you walk? No, by foot. Yeah, foot, that's the way to go. In, that's the way to go. It's kind of cool across the border. I was in foot. San Diego with some friends. Uh huh. And uh, this was like pre corona This was like around this time last year, actually. So it was like okay. December-ish, 2019. And uh, we were in downtown San Diego, which is not that far from the border. It's like right. 15 minute drive. We were out Dan- one night. Dangerously like, close, if you will. <laughs> exactly. It's like you you don't want to put that thought in your mind before you start <laughs> drinking in San Diego because it will inevitably end up in you seriously considering going to Mexico and starting a new life. And that was what exactly what happened that night. It was like 1230, and we were like, all right, this is sick. And one of our friends was like, yo, I'm, uh, we're Ubering to uh, to the border. Like, let's do it. Yeah. I was like, damn, like, and and so I was like, I I didn't bring my passport, like I was not prepared for this. Yeah, I didn't get course. the memo that we would be going international on this Saturday <laughs> night. And uh, so I was like trying to make excuses not to go. I was like, oh, I don't have my passport, and they're like, dude, it's, they're super chill, like doesn't matter. And so I, I was like, <laughs> all right, screw it. Uber to the border. You get to the border, and it's like it's basically like an airport where you like check in and they like stamp your passport and like let you go and like you wait in a line and stuff. Um, so everyone goes through, I go last and, and uh, the guy's like, he's like a Mexican guy. He's like, you have your passport? I'm like, I was like, no, I'm just visiting for the night. Like I have a driver's license. Like all my friends are going down there. Like, is there anything I can do? He points to some dude in the back corner of this little uh, room who's like dressed in like as like a military guy. He's like, talk to him. I like go to the back. This guy brings me in literally into an interrogation room where there's nothing but a desk and a lamp. <laughs> he's like, what's he's like, what's the problem here? I'm like, I'm like, oh, no problem. Uh, my friends are going to Tijuana for the night and uh, I don't have a passport. So I, they said to talk to you about it and see if there's anything I could do. Oh my God. The guy goes, uh, he goes, we have a uh, 24 hour US Mexico passport. Cost, cost $20. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. So I pull out a I pull out a twenty dollar bill. Uh-huh. I give it to him. He puts it in his pocket and he's like, "Okay, you're good to go." That's the passport. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "Do I need like a piece of paper to show that I got this?" And he was like, "Nope." <laughs> and I was like, "You got ah, played. I just bribed you, didn't I?" Yeah, I see you exactly did. What's going on? So I didn't ask questions. And I went yeah. to Tijuana. No passport. How, how do you How do you get? I mean, I understand that you didn't have too much trouble getting into into Tijuana. Did you have trouble getting back? So that's the alarming part is that it was easier to get back in without a passport that than it is, was to that is, go That to is interesting. Yeah, I was, I was, I walk back in, uh, we come back and there's like security guards like standing at the border and stuff, Americans. 
Right. And uh, I'm like, everyone's showing their passport, and I'm like, and I give the guy my driver's license, <laughs> and he's like, you don't have a passport? And I was like, uh, I was like, no, I, I don't have my passport. And uh, he looks at my ID as if I was walking into a bar. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, where are you from? I'm like, California. He's like, which part? I was like, Irvine, California. And he like looks at it, sees it, like check. he didn't even ask like my address or anything. He just like looks up and down, no black light, no nothing. He's just like, all right, you're good to go. Next yeah, time, bring a passport. <laughs> you look like <laughs> a kid from Irvine. In. Yeah. I walked back. I was like, they literally, I, I literally, they literally just ID'd me into the <laughs> into the bar of the United States. Like <laughs> Donald Trump's not doing shit. <laughs> like, it's that easy. That's so, hilarious. For all of that being said, <laughs> I respect the Tijuana fighters in the close proximity to the United States, <laughs> and I think that uh, Mexican MMA is will be on the rise. However, Absolutely. I don't think it's going to be on the rise tonight, and I'm going to mm-hmm. take uh, the God of War, the five-five God of War. <laughs> here's a here's a question: uh, You against Davison Figueredo in a cage? Who comes out on top? He does, of course. <laughs> he would be one twenty-five. But if there's it, is it a? It's, it's I don't know, man. MMA. Yeah, full yeah, MMA. yeah. It's full MMA. I, I'm yeah, just, he, I was asking. Me. I'm surprised. Okay, he, I'm surprised with that honesty. I expect you to say. If you'd... I, well, yeah, because the wrestling is too hard to handle. If I, but he weighs he weighs half your weight. Yeah, but still, he's probably has really fast hands. He'll instantly right, right. disorient nah, me. And I go. agree. I agree. For the record, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. Bait me into if you're trying to bait <laughs> me into challenging for the flyweight title. I'm I'm actually a middleweight right now, and so I'm oh, that's waiting on the I'm waiting on the Vittori fight, and then maybe I'll call him out there for a rematch. Go. There you go. Uh, the flyweight division, I'll concede. <laughs> we'll both take Davison God of War Figueroa, the champ, at minus three ten for this one. Before we close out the show, Mark. We got to take care of our lock dog parlay. But before we do that, a quick word from our sponsors, including mybookie.ag. It's the most wonderful time of the year that can't end soon enough. We all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket, and we all deserve to have a little fun. The only place you're guaranteed to get all three is MyBookie. They're the only sports book that doesn't care whether you were naughty or nice this year. They'll get, they've got gifts for everybody. Bet NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports, and more. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer, a 50% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about... What's under the tree, and at my bookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up, enter that promo code SGP, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over to my bookie to make the most of the holidays this year and strut into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with my bookie, mybookie.ag, and use that promo code SGP. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season as well. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props, and just in time for the holidays, we're teaming up with Thrive Fantasy for an awesome SGP merch bundle. That's right. Send in a screenshot of you joining Thrive Fantasy promo code SGP, and you'll have a chance to win $100 in SGP merchandise. Email your screenshot into podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Game. Choose from the available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over 1.6 
million dollars in cash prizes. Use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit with a four-time rollover. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and don't forget the promo code SGP. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ever thought of starting your own sportsbook but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Just like that, we're back, and it's time for the most important part of the show. When we go to gamble, we go to lose subconsciously. I'm still alive. All right. Thanks a lot. Parlay. Your luck for this UFC 256 week. I think the only lock that makes sense is Tony Ferguson. Hmm. He ha- he has to win. <laughs> if he, if this is not a lock for him, his career is over. I said it earlier on the show. I will say it again. Uh, Tony Ferguson has no option but to win this fight. Yeah, and I'm taking him as my lock. Yep, that's fair. That's a good lock. Um, I was looking at that one as well, but I'm gonna go ahead and take Kevin Holland at minus one fifty five as my lock for the week. Um. Kevin Holland, one of the fighters of the year in 2020. I think he continues that momentum uh, with the other reasons I mentioned beforehand. I think he continues the momentum to get the job done this weekend. Kevin Holland, minus 155 as my lock. What is your dog? Uh, The only dog I took this week, which was uh, Renato the Mohawk Carnero, also known as Moicano. Uh, I'm taking him at uh, plus 115 over uh, the Kyrgyzstani Beta version of Khabib, <laughs> Rafael Fiziev. I'm taking uh, Moicano as my dog for the week. I am going to be uh, on board with you for that one. We'll have the same dog. Uh, Moicano plus 115 is going to be my dog. We'll share our dog this week. Uh, your parlay. Parlay is a nice one. I'm feeling really good about this. Oh, I yeah? usually last week the parlay that hit with the was it was the uh, Steelers. Someone else I can't remember, and then uh, Mike Tyson, Jake Paul. I felt really good about that one. I was like, there's no way this doesn't hit. I feel like I have another one of those on my hands. Okay. I really do. Let's hear I've it. Got, I've got Gan. Is that it? You said that's how it's pronounced? Cyril, uh-huh. Cyril Gan. Yep. Uh, f- fighting out of France. Uh, American takeover. Uh, I've, who else do I got? I got Gan, Holland, Ferguson, and Figueredo. Those four fights. Which okay. I really like all of those fights personally and that surprisingly cashes out at a plus 330 i like the, i like those four as well it's hard to it's hard to think of i think the closest fight on paper in there might be kevin holland's uh step against souza um, that was your lock so you better pray to god that that isn't the reason that my parlay doesn't hit or there'll be repercussions <laughs> yeah that it is my lock i'm just saying in terms of the lines that you're looking at and probably the closer the closer fights i think um yeah, it's a really good-looking parlay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit for it. A great four-fight parlay uh, paying out at plus 330 for some absolute studs in there, too. I mean, to get Ferguson and Figueredo in there. Um, that That's a good-looking parlay. Mine is a... Mine is a three-fight parlay. And, and, Mark, you know you know what I'm about to do. I mean, we're talking UFC. You know what I'm going to do. 
You're going to go into the prelims, aren't you? I'm a big prelim guy. I'm going to jump down and take Chase <sighs> Hooper. Chase Hooper from the prelims. Uh, one of the uh, one of the guys who's, I mean, he's like he's literally a kid. He's super young. Um, I think he's like 21 years old. Uh, Chase Hooper, really good jujitsu player, uh, super marketable guy. I think the UFC's, you know, trying to keep him on a on a good track to make him a star one day. Uh, he's coming off his first uh, career loss, so uh, I, I like him on a bounce back. You know, I'm a big bounce back guy. Chase Hooper minus 375 uh, is the first leg of the parlay. I'm gonna combine that with Tony Ferguson, um, as if we didn't, you know, talk enough about <laughs> about picking Tony Ferguson this week. Tony Ferguson's of course in the parlay, and then I'll take Cyril Gaon as well. Uh, just those three fights uh, pays out plus 146. That's gonna be my, gonna be my parlay for the week. What happens if uh, the reason you don't hit this parlay is because Hooper gets upset in the prelims? What happens? Will you denounce? Will you denounce your prelim addiction, <laughs> or will you double down on it? I think, uh, I think uh, if if Chase Hooper blows the parlay, then the next UFC fight card we talk about, I'll, I'll stick to the main card. But until that happens. Uh, you know I'll be dropping down. You know you I watch all the fights. You had a prelim win last time. Last time you had a prelim win with yeah. some guy that you were like his only Instagram follower probably. <laughs> usually I go into the prelims and I pick out my dog from the prelims because usually there's a uh, there's a one, you know one or two good good dogs in the prelims here. This time I didn't see anything that really jumped out of me. Uh, so so I had to go with a favorite from the prelims, but but we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, I mean the last UFC pay per view of the year. Uh, we felt like we needed to needed to talk about it next year. Next week we'll probably jump into some NFL again, and then uh, we'll close out the year and uh, head into 2021. Um, yeah, next time we're talking about UFC, I think it'll probably be McGregor, huh? Oh, that's right. It will be McGregor uh, most likely. Um, oh, I haven't had a awesome. chance. We haven't spoken about Conor McGregor once on the show. No, that's gonna be a good. That's gonna be a good show. <laughs> there's that's a there's a lot to talk about for sure. With maybe that we'll one. have him on. Yeah, maybe we can. Uh, we can see what we can do. <laughs> I can shoot him an email. <laughs> Um, any last words for our listeners before we head out into the week? Uh, just the uh, age-old adage. Mm. You know about sports. They're tight. What isn't, what isn't tight is fighting, though. Fighting is not tight. No? Unless you're doing it for sport, in okay. which case we'll let it fly. In, in which case UFC's tight. All right. Have a good week. spring and i'm saying goodbye snow hello adventure and during the honda dream garage spring event you can get epic deals on your favorite honda model ready to get rugged then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive honda suv like the crv hrv pilot passport or redesigned ridgeline want to take a spring road trip then check out a fuel efficient turbocharged civic or accord say goodbye to winter and hello to a new honda don't miss huge savings during the honda dream garage spring event now at your local honda dealer